Chicago has lost, so basically this play determines. right there. Lines up outside, comes inside. Watch him over the middle. Who will pick first in the draft? Mills to the end zone. It's caught. Akins. And the Houston Texans have retaken the lead. Highlight courtesy of CBS as our old friend Lovey Smith does what I guess maybe he intended to do. I don't know. Uh, but the uh, that, that play back from January, week 18 of the NFL season, as the Texans beat the Colts in dramatic fashion, giving the Bears the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft as we approach said NFL Draft, the eve of, in fact, as we record this. And we're back. It's Brady Stiff with a special guest, a frequent guest. Um, I think, Carm, you've, you've obtained frequent guest status. It's Mark Carmen of CHGO. What's up, man? How are you? I appreciate that, Brady. Always good to talk to you, sir. And uh, it's been a minute for uh, me being on the show and also been a minute to get to tomorrow night. But it's finally here. So (laughs) exciting time, I guess, for the Bears. Yeah, we've sort of been looking to this weekend ever since we, you know, knew that the Bears were not going to contend, which didn't take very long to get to that point, I suppose, uh, in the 2022 NFL season. But we finally made it. You're right, um, and yeah, I think it's I think it's been a minute since uh, since you've been on, and I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think since you've been on, the whole CHGO thing uh, has really started to take off a little bit. What's uh, what's this experience been like for you? I appreciate that. Um, you know, I started in September and with some uh, you know guys that you know we worked with back in the day and you know adam hogue is was my intern at wgn as for you and uh um you know so to be with hogue every day has been a lot of fun and there's just a lot of good people over there period uh you know the bears corner of you know nicholas moriano's a great guy and so is greg bragg's my guy and uh you know just a lot of contributors uh Corey Wooten, the former Bear, Carmen Vitale, and I'm just naming everybody, so I'll stop doing this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's um, it's just been cool to be able to, you know, honestly, like after the pandemic, just to be back in the studio and doing the show. You know, we do some remote, but we do just a lot of studio shows, so I've really enjoyed that part of it. And I got to tell you, Brady, I don't know if you're aware of this, Bears fans are very intense about their football team. <laughs> I was going to say, so, I, I think it was you who told me back, way back in the day that um, if you're ever having a slow day on the radio, just mention the Chicago Bears and that needle will start to move. I mean, it is uh, the talker of all talkers, and it's a very interesting time for the Bears, obviously, <laughs> with uh, Foles and Flues and Fields and weird handshakes. Uh, Ed McCaskey and and uh, and Flus, but uh, you know they traded out. Now sitting at nine, I, I think they'd like to trade again, but who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah, that's that's all on my list of questions here, um, specifically about um, you know the trading that number one overall pick. But before we get to the draft itself, there's going to be plenty to talk about this weekend, Carm. But the news of the week so far has been the Packers and Jets finally getting together. Uh, and doing what we thought they were going to do all offseason, and that's make a trade for Aaron Rodgers, heads out of the NFC North finally. Um, you know, did I hear you today, uh, and maybe you recorded this previously, but did I hear you comparing the Packers to the 98 Bulls? So, you know, the clip that they pulled off of the show last night 
was a brilliant clip by me, <laughs> but I, I neglected to say Brady that I was getting a 98 bulls vibes minus the six titles. Okay. Um, you know, just, just, just the two and the one with Rogers, the one with Barb, but congratulations to the Packers. I'm making a great trade considering where they were at wanting to you know, move on from Aaron and flipping first round picks. It was a good job. And, Getting it worth a second round pick, most likely a first round pick next year is that's that's an excellent performance for a quarterback who's probably going to play one uh, at most two years. That's 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 well done. However, when you say that we did this before and it's business as usual and we're not rebuilding, you know, I start to get an organizations win championships feel. Uh, you know that the Bulls said back in those days, specifically Jerry Krause said back then. Um, and it's like, you know, you got lucky going from farm to Rogers. I mean, you, you drafted Aaron, so you get credit for that in the third round. I don't think you knew he was going to become Aaron Rodgers, but you get credit for it. But now just, to you know, think that you're just going to move on to the next QB that the arrogance of that is a little bit much. I would have preferred to have heard him say something along the lines of Aaron was arguably the best quarterback in the NFL the entire time he was here and we were blessed to win a Super Bowl with him. And as much as this is probably the time clearly is the time for us to move on. Uh, we're going to miss having 12 in the building. Um, relationship was never perfect, but that was a hell of a football player. So we celebrate him on the way out and we're going to do our best to move forward. Something along those lines versus, you know, we're not rebuilding and da da Um, you just lost Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Things are not the same. Yeah, I, I don't know what to expect from Jordan Love because he's been sitting for, you know, two, three seasons. And I know Aaron did the same thing behind Favre, but, um, you know, that was a different time in, in Packers history. And I don't want to, you know, dwell on the Packers too much, but um, is Justin Fields now like the number one quarterback in this division? No, not yet. Um, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but pull up Jared Goff's numbers from last year. Fields was not even in the same league. True. Uh, now, do I think that Justin Fields, if I had, if I could pick between Goff and Fields, who would I rather have? I'll take Justin Fields. Yes. But as far as like performance, what you can expect next, this coming year, uh, it's Cousins and Goff, and then it's Fields versus Love, really. So maybe he can make a huge leap. I hope he can. I believe he can. But – I don't think we consider and say that the Bears are the best quarterback in the division right now. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with what they do this weekend. You know, obviously they've added some pieces in free agency. Uh, but going back to that night, that Friday evening, now this was classic news dump time where Friday evening, 5 o'clock, the news of the trade comes down. Uh, I'm curious what your initial reaction was when you heard of the, the trade with Carolina and, if at all, has your opinion of the trade change over the last six, seven weeks. So now you actually took me back. I was pissed at the timing <laughs> because it was in the middle of the Big Ten tournament. I know. I was on my way down there. Yeah. Northwestern's playing Penn State. I'm working for WGN. I'm going to be not doing, you know, a whole big heavy lift there, but I'm sitting at the scorer's table. I'm getting ready to do halftime, all of that. And now I've got to text Dave Ennett and tell him that I'm not going to be there for my hit. Um, because the Bears just traded Justin, uh, the Bears just traded the number one overall pick, and I got to go do a show with CHGO. That was not the timing I was looking for, Ryan Poles. <laughs> um, but 
outside of that, I I thought it made a lot of sense that they, you know, set themselves up going into free agency. And, you know, you can wait around in life for the perfect deal and all that, you know, type of stuff to try to ex- extract the absolute most you can possibly get. But he was happy with his return and he's got a good relationship with Scott Fritterer. And look, there's quarterbacks sitting out there. You know, Carolina, the, the only option uh, for the Panthers was not to move up to number one. Plus, you know, there's just no, I mean, they're going to take Bryce Young and okay, fine. You can call him a clear cut number one, but there really isn't a clear cut number one here. So I, if I was polls, I would have been slightly worried. Will they start looking at Lamar Jackson, who's oddly sitting out there the way he is? So I do think, you know, there was a couple of varying pressures on making the deal then that made a whole lot of sense for them to do it, and they did. Yeah, that's an interesting situation you brought up there with Lamar. I'd sort of forgotten about it, um, you know, as the as the news cycles go. But, I mean, you're right. He's still a free agent, you know, or, uh, you know, the, the Ravens signed OBJ. It's like, I, I don't know what to make of that situation um, you mentioned the, the Bryce Young probability at the top, but I mean, what percentage chance do you think they might go CJ Stroud there? Zero. Um, it, I, it's interesting though, because at the time when the deal was made, you, all you heard was that they don't like young, they like Stroud. And now all you're hearing is that they like young. Maybe I'm an idiot. I just believe what's being put out there. Um, and what also is being put out there is Will Levis shooting up the board like uh in ways that nobody saw coming at least as of two weeks ago but i i look when you watch bryce young play brady he's freaking awesome it's just a matter of whether or not the guy's gonna stay healthy which was why like from a bear standpoint would i trade fields and get everything i could and draft young i would have been a lot more tempted to do it if he was a little bit bigger but it, there is a chance that we'll be looking back at this in three years and be like, they should have done it. It's <laughs> right. possible. You know, I, it's, I'm not saying that I, I wouldn't, I'll, I will never blame him for it because I wouldn't have done it. It's way too risky. You know, um, that would have been, you know, bold as hell times 10. But I will be paying attention to, you know, what this guy does in, in relation to how the Bears are able to build their team and what Justin Fields is able to turn into. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I was in the same boat. Like, you've got a guy who you know can play. You know, is he the greatest yet? No. And as we talked about a few minutes ago, he's not, you know, far away from the best in the division quite yet. But you've got a guy who you know can play. Y- y- it'd be a lot to ask of Bears fans. Not that Ryan Poles, it's not his job to cater to Bears fans, but it'd be a lot to ask the fan base to go back to square one again when that's all we've been doing for the last 35 years. Um, so as part of that trade now, the Bears get number nine overall. Obviously, they have holes to fill. Do you expect Ryan Poles to make a selection at number nine, or do you expect him to maybe slide back a little bit and acquire some more pieces? So I think he'd like to trade back, right? But the old it takes two to tango. I think there's some interesting candidates uh you know the Steelers are getting mentioned at 17 we move it up to get Carter at nine Jalen Carter Mike Tomlin that that does make a whole lot of sense would they do it if he fell to nine would the Bears want Carter my guess is no but a lot of people think yes so and then is there you know do the quarterbacks go like I think they're gonna go early 
or do they fall back? And does, you know, somebody like, does, you know, it, it, it could be t- Tennessee coming up uh, just a couple of picks from 11 to nine. If they don't, if they don't make a trade to three to get somebody like Anthony Richardson, if, if he falls, I mean, so, or if they like Will Levis, I, so I, I think I think it's definitely on the board that they make a deal, but um, I think the quarterbacks more than anything is going to will determine whether or not that happens. So you guys over there at CHGO, and I don't know who headed up this project, whether it was Hogue or or Mariano or whoever, um, you guys put together a list of a hundred players that the Bears could target. Do I do I have that right? Did I did I interpret that list correctly? It's it's yeah it's the CHGO top 100 draft board like these are the players that we think the Bears would be looking at as their top 100. So we don't have quarterbacks on there because sure. we don't we don't think that they're drafting a QB. I do I, I you know one guy that I am trumping don't use that word ever again, Carm. Uh, <laughs> is is uh, the quarterback from East Carolina? He's played five years for the Pirates. I believe they're the Pirates. They are. Yeah, and. His name is Holton Ehlers. He's 6'4", 230. He's left-handed. He can run a bit. Um, you know, he's not a statue back there. He expanded his throwing motion similar to Brock Purdy did, and he went from a guy who was putting up decent numbers to putting up 28 touchdown passes and five interceptions last year. He, as a kid, he had a home run in Little League that went over like 8,000 stadiums and smashed some windshield that like went viral. 27 homers and 22 uh, Little League ball games one year. Uh, he's like a, he's got history in his Holton Ehlers family that dates back to like the Vikings who took out the Roman Empire. I want this guy in the seventh round, Brady. Holton Ehlers. <laughs> I think they, they do have uh, a pick in the, uh, in the realm of Mr. Irrelevant, yeah. I think they got two seventh. Nobody in the sixth. If, if, if I, I should know that off the top of my head, but <laughs> I think you're right. Sorry, that's right. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if if you can get somebody along the lines of a Brock Purdy with the same uh, scenario, you know, Mister Irrelevant, last pick of the draft. I mean, I'm in. I mean, little league stats like that. I mean, they always say the best kids, you know, play shortstop and pitch growing up, but then they hit homers, right? I mean, I mean, right. Twenty seven homers in twenty two little league games. I mean, come on. I'm telling you, be free to look at a tape back of me on Twitter. But, you know, some some guys, you, you watch them play QB, and they're throwing touchdown passes, but, like, dudes are wide open and throw, you know, they're kind of waiting for it to come to them. It's not – or it's just a little bit off stride. You watch Holton, these balls are, like, constantly right on the money. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I'm – wanting to be right about this and well, that's, I have it's one of the knocks on fields right I mean he's not the most accurate guy right I mean for an NFL quarterback yeah. you, you need that pinpoint accuracy and I yeah, and I just think it makes a lot of sense for the Bears to develop a quarterback behind fields who's you know I, I there, there's no harm in doing that in a late round pick the last time the Bears took a quarterback in the late rounds it was David Fails in 2014. Oh, God. I, th- yeah. I think we can all agree that they should be taking more swings at it. Sure. You sure. know, I mean, look at look at what happened to the 49ers this year. So, um, 
they, they, their season somehow stayed alive when they lost two quarterbacks, <laughs> Lance and Garoppolo. Right. So, I don't. I, I would. I would draft a QB if I was Ryan Poles. Well, I didn't expect to hear about what Holton Aylers, Is that his name? Yes. I, I didn't expect to a- hear a- about his name uh, tonight, but yeah. I did. I did want to talk about Will Anderson because that's number one on the board. Um, now, okay. uh, that's of course with the qualification that uh, probably not going to be there at number nine. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, Karn, there's lots of holes to fill, right? You got offensive line, uh, you lose your starting running back in the off season, uh, secondary help. I mean, there's any, any which way Ryan Poles could go pass rush. Of course, um, if you're Ryan Poles and you're selecting at number nine, right? Let's, let's assume those two things. What hole are you filling first? What need are you addressing first? So I just think you got to lean into this season is about fields so i'm going to get whoever i think can help the most i think the safest pick that doesn't excite a lot of bears fans but you know he he's got the versatility that you literally can play him anywhere and you know that he's just a first class kid and peter skaronsky um go cats i i think it makes a lot of sense to go that way because you know is he better right now than braxton jones maybe if he's not, then you know you could he could be your right tackle where you have a gaping hole. I don't think we're going back to Larry Borum, right? Even though I don't really dislike Larry to the level that some do. I think he's mostly competent, but I I think Skaronsky's interesting. The names I'm hearing, Brady, are are the right tackle Darnell Wright and the edge rusher Lucas Van Ness. That was my my insights sources came to me with that that those are the two guys if they're there and and players don't fall that's who the bears are targeting at nine so we'll see i i don't know who exactly they would consider falling i'm assuming carter would be one of those but would they consider a cornerback falling i doubt it but maybe um you know so but if if the boards go the way they think it's going to go they're going to either choose between van ness and Wright. Yeah, I know the off-field off issues for Jalen Carter is, is going to be a, a storyline. I don't know how major a storyline it's going to be because, you know, if you look at, you know, somebody like Laramie Tunsil who, you know, had that video come out literally during the draft uh, and all of a sudden he's plummeting and he's turned out to be a very productive NFL player, um, you know, is Jalen Carter someone the Bears would consider if he's there? So it's different, though. Like, what Laramie, what do you, he had the bong thing, right? Sure, yep. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know. There's a huge difference to me in a guy that's smoking a bong versus somebody who's drag racing, and I'm, you know, no uh, saint on the road. But to be in a drag racing incident and have two people die and to not own up to it, uh, and then eventually it comes out, and then you get Drew Rosenhaus doing a little bit of a PR thing where you are asked about it for five seconds and you say, yeah, it's probably going to hurt my draft stock. That ain't great. And then and young people are allowed to, and old people, whatever, everyone's allowed to make mistakes in life. So I'm not saying that he shouldn't get drafted, but would the Bears do it? Throw in the fact that he shows up at his pro day completely out of shape, nine pounds up. That ain't great either. Um, and uh, it just seems like a very big swing. However, that's a position that the Bears absolutely positively desperately need. So there's that side of it too. Does um does Kevin Warren 
uh, factor in at all this weekend? Uh, obviously, it's his first you know, few weeks on the job here even, but I mean, maybe he wants to make a mark. I don't know if he's going to meddle in football affairs at all. It's interesting that you bring him up around Jalen because if I was Kevin, the one thing I would do is ask my GM, hey, are you guys considering him? And I want to let you know that if you think it's the right pick and you've talked to him and, you know, you've gotten comfortable with him, I will support you. But I also want to know what you've learned and all that type of stuff. Like, I, I think that would be the level that I at least would want Kevin involved in. I would want him to reassure his GM that if he wants to take a swing on a guy that's got, you know, some character issues, but polls has vetted him enough that he, you know, trusts him, I would want him to know that he has that support. But I also would want to hear very clearly as to what he learned, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's the responsible thing to do, right? It, you know, the, if there's any organization out there that's concerned about their public image, it's, it's professional sports teams for sure. Um, the NFL is a league where teams can get better quickly, whether it's a combination of, you know, a, a myriad of draft assets, drafting highly, soft schedule the year after you're bad. And the Bears are, are you know, uh, they check all those boxes right now. Uh, they've got four of the first 64 picks in this weekend's draft. Uh, what's the minimum you're expecting out of Ryan Poles here? As far as how many picks? Or... No, just uh, take that any way you will. Like, what, what are you expecting him to do? Or what, what's the minimum you're expecting him to do? Okay, so he's got to take swings on interesting defensive players who can hopefully get to the quarterback. Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey. I could start going down the, the list of guys here. Um, so that's 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 one. But the biggest thing is create more options for Justin Fields. I like, you know, in the late rounds, I like Deuce Vaughn, 5'5 five, five gadget player out of K-State who was a walk-on and then was had the – you know, two years all, uh, all Big Twelve, and he had the most all-purpose yards of anybody in college football last year, and took a handoff 88 yards against Alabama to the house of the Sugar Bowl. You know, beating everybody down the field. You, you, you know, and people would say, "Well, you already got Bayless Jones. What do you need to get you guy?" Well, uh, I'm skeptical on Bayless Jones. That you, you, you took a swing on that one. It doesn't look good. So, but there's a lot of interesting receivers out there. Um, Jaden Reed, Michigan State. We, you know, I can, you know, we can name these guys. I don't mind late rounds. There's an Andre Yeshivas out of Princeton via Hawaii, who's a who ran track and played football in both high school and college. Who I'm interested in. Um, so offensive weapons and multiple swings. I think again on the offensive line. Let's build some depth because you know they you every you get so much credit for Braxton Jones. Well, he got. You know, he took a bunch of swings to get that one right last year. I wouldn't mind him doing some of the same. I know Hogue thinks it's Darnell Wright at number nine. You mentioned him earlier. Uh, but I heard you also um, promoting the cause of, was it Bijan Robinson, the running back? I, I was 
you know, making the case that's at, at one point along this journey for Bijan, um, that look, I like good football players. Bijan Robinson, by most people's uh, assessment, is the top three player in this draft. Do I think that that would help the Bears? Yeah, I do. Do I think they'll do it? No, I don't, you know? Um, but line them up in the slot, line them up in the backfield, hand them the ball, throw them the ball. Freaking guy's awesome. That would, you know, maybe that takes a lot of pressure off of Justin. I, I don't think the Bears can, you know, necessarily you know, run an offense that is prototypical to the NFL with fields at quarterback. I think you want to be creative here. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And I, I, I've also thought for a long time now that, in, you know, in the NFL, running backs kind of grow on trees. You know, I mean, David Montgomery out of Iowa State was a name that, um, you know, took me by surprise when they, when they took him. And uh, he turned into a pretty damn good NFL running back and got a second contract now. So couple that with the fact that running backs just don't last very long. Uh, I, I tend to agree that, you know, while he could help, I, I don't think the Bears will do that. They'll look elsewhere, um, you know, for, for running back help. Um, so at, at the top of the draft, though, Carolina, you know, Houston, um, you know, what, what's, what's your prediction for maybe the, the top five here? That's – well, so, all right, if I was going to guess at it, um, I'll go Bryce Young – Followed by, uh, I mean, I, just, I think Houston trades out of there and or draft C.J. Stroud, one of the two. Um, my guess is that Arizona trades out with Tennessee and the Titans come up and grab Anthony Richardson. If Arizona stays, I'll, they'll take Will Anderson. And then I think the Colts take Will Levis, and then, you know, Seattle grabs Carter at five or one of the corners. That's how I think it's going to go, but it's, you know, what the hell do I know? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then, I mean, hey, I mean, NFL NFL draft day, especially in the first round, you know, any, any, any trade can happen, including trading up a spot to pick Mitchell Trubisky. So, um, you know, things, Jesus. things can happen. Um, I know that, you know, for, for you guys, you know, focusing heavy on the Bears, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit like tax season for an accountant. But have, have you been paying attention at all to early season baseball yet? I, I can't believe what's happening to the White Sox. Um, seven and 18 on pace for 45 wins. That's that is that is horrible is what that is. Um and stunning that it's that bad. And Cubs are playing well, Brady. Maybe they're back. <laughs> they're certainly they're certainly scoring enough runs. Um, I, I have concerns long term about the rotation and, and the bullpen, of course. But um, you know, I suppose down the line, the the reinforcements, I guess you might say, are are coming for the White Sox. I mean, this is like two or three years in a row now where high expectations. Um, you know, questions about the manager, although I don't know if it's fair to evaluate Pedro Grafal, you know, 26 days into his uh, managerial career. Um, what, what? No, but it, it, it feels like he's like implemented his Pedro Grafal this, and it's almost like, like you keep hearing comments at the White Sox, like they're waiting for like the new philosophy to take hold 
It's like we're in Gene Hackman and uh, freaking Hoosiers <laughs> trying to get him to pass the ball four times or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I know Kyle Hendricks is coming back for the Cubs eventually. I think he's in AAA now. Um, what, what was your initial reaction when they signed Dansby instead of maybe one of the other there? I think there were four shortstops out there, right? Yeah, I, uh, I just think those contracts are so unbelievably insane that I never want my team to do them, especially when you're where the Cubs are like not one player away, but, um, at, at the time, you know, I, I was probably most interested in Correa, but that's already appearing wrong because the guy can't, you know, he's always hurt. So, I don't know, Dan, Dansby, it's a lot of dough, man. Seven years, play the middle infield. But, you know, the fact that he took an extra base and, and uh, scored to put him up like 10-3, He's high-fiving everybody. I'm like, okay, dude, I'll take that guy on my team, you know? Yep. Yep. So Playing hard no matter the score. Yep. No, I liked it. I liked it. Um, but I, admittedly, Brady, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting there watching a whole lot of Atlanta Braves baseball. So, I, no. you know, I really was not making, uh, you know, educated surmisization, if you will, when, when they made that. You know? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, last thing before I let you go here. Um, the Chicago Bulls, Carm, have been in basketball hell since 1998. They were very, they were this close to getting out of basketball hell, and then Derrick Rose got hurt. What the hell's going on uh, with the Bulls? Yeah, you know, I they were so close to getting past Miami and beating the Bucks like the Heat are about to do, which is amazing. Um, golly. Major major accident or something Uh-oh. happened. Or, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but just absolutely killing. I'm on my way to tennis, Brady. I'm going to be late. <laughs> that just took eight hours to get through. That's which is not what I needed. But the Bulls are in you, – you just said it right. It's basketball hell. Like, what do you do? You going to trade DeMar? Well, that – you know, okay. Um I probably would, but it doesn't make you better. And uh, you get to re-sign Kobe White. I would, but you need a lot more. You, they, you know, you you traded you traded for Vooch to try to win, so you don't have a first-round draft pick. Oh, they might get creative, I guess, with Portland and maybe get one of the picks they gave away back. But it it it's it's. Um, it's depressing, honestly. I mean, how, how much bad luck can you attribute because of Lonzo, too? I mean, yeah, that was a blow, but, like, your your whole organization is wrapping around Lonzo Ball? That's just – that is – that is a – you should not be hanging by a Lonzo Ball thread, but apparently <laughs> they were. Yeah, I mean, thoughts on Billy Donovan long-term? Is he, is he worth keeping around? I, I wouldn't punt on Billy. I um, I don't I don't know if he. I think this team does need a little bit of a foot in your ass type of dude. But um, sorry about that. Um, I think that that guy you just got around needed a foot in his ass. 
I mean, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so, I, my my biggest hope with the Bulls is they 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 lean into the youth. You know, do not. Um, you know, I, I I'm a Patrick Williams fan. I'm a Kobe White fan. I don't know if you can pay IO too, but I would not. Um, I would be. I wouldn't be trading away young guys to try to help this team win. I would lean into those dudes. Carmon the Kennedy. I love it. I don't know if you're on the yeah. Kennedy or not, but it it just kind of went kind of went together. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping for a peaceful ride, but it's just not happening. <laughs> All right, man. We'll let you get back to it. Have fun at tennis. Going to be an interesting three days uh, coming up, and we'll see what Ryan pulls ultimately does at number nine, whether he selects there or moves back or whatever he does. Uh, going to be going to be an interesting weekend. Carm, thanks a bunch, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Brady. Appreciate you having me.